0: the talk show
1: It is the talk shop, you're tuned to SAFM and my name is Naledi Moleo taking your calls on 0891 104207 We're going to move on to our next discussion though and I'm joined on the line by Mlulegi Mahongo from section 27 but he's also a representative of the Eastern Cape Health Crisis Action Coalition and that's a group of organisations that has been attempting to improve uh, the state of healthcare services in the Eastern Cape since 2012 just to bring you up to speed, the, the the South African Human Rights Commission held a two-day provincial hearing uh, really to, to, to face challenges of access to medical services in the Eastern Cape uh, the commission decided to hold this hearing following systematic problems uh, with regards to the provision of health services in the province and, and Emluleki is on the line to give us a little bit more information, good evening and welcome to the talk shop
2: good evening, thank you for having me
1: Let's let's start at the very beginning. I mean, you've been working with the Eastern Cape Health Crisis Action Coalition since 2012. What is the real problem? Why why a, a group of organisations coming together to work on something for three years?
2: Well, our work is founded on the constitution. So mm. starting at the beginning and tell me starting from the constitution. Uh, section 27 of the Constitution states that uh, everyone has the right to have access to healthcare services, mm. and then the section continues to say that no one may be denied emergency medical services. Mm-hmm. So when we came into the Eastern Cape in 2012, we were actually called by people who live uh, in the areas of Siki. So right. that was the first initial call that we received. There were no medication in uh, clinics, in hospitals. People, and this has been had been going on for quite some time there. So we came here to really look into medication, not to look into ambulances. Mm-hmm. And when we arrived, we found that the depot, which was responsible for keeping medication, distributing medication to over 400 uh, healthcare facilities, had come to a complete halt. So it wasn't distributing the medication, but it, it did. Yeah. And to cut the very long story short, we found actually, after some time working with the department to solve the problem in that depot, we found that there was actually another now currently multitudes multitude of people who have lost their loved ones. We have parents who have lost their children, we have children who have lost their parents, we have people who lost their neighbors, uh, all because no ambulance arrived when that person was, in, was critically ill or was injured. So after investigating from 2012 up until now this issue, yeah. gathering statements from people and finding out what exactly is the problem, trying to uh, engage the department regarding this issue of emergency medical services. Decided that it is time to hand over to, to hand over this, uh, all the information we have to the South African Human, Human Rights Commission, so that it can uh, hold the department to account. It can call the department to a two-day conference where it asks specific 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 questions to the department. So asking the, the head of EMS services about what the situation is on the ground, what are the challenges, how do they plan on resolving those challenges? Mm. Asking um, the MECs who have also invited, I she send her Director General Dr. Toby Lindt. Right. to also answer on these questions. And the most important part of this two-day hearing is that we had community members, with over 170 community members, who filled up the hall and who also spoke about the tragic events that have happened in their lives, having to wait for more than a day waiting for an ambulance mm-hmm. and having lost their loved ones in their hands at home because of
1: Well, I've got this submission that was made to the South African Human Rights Commission here in front of me, and I just want to read out uh, some of the the, the points that have been raised and some of the, uh, the, the individual stories that are shared within... Uh, the, the, the submission itself. One of them says, and I'm going to read this as it's written from the submission. My mother was sick on the 5th of February 2015. At around half past five in the evening, we called for an ambulance. The person who answered the call asked a lot of questions until my entire 20 rand of airtime was gone. I called again shortly after six o'clock in the evening. Uh, the person who answered told me that the ambulance was on its way. Around eight o'clock, it had still not arrived, so we decided to hire private transport to take her to a local clinic. We paid three hundred rand to get there. The ambulance arrived to the clinic and then took her to um, uh, arrived at the clinic and then took her to uh, Zitulele Hospital in this case obviously someone that has not lost their lives but in many of these stories a lot of people having lost their lives because of the the lack of emergency services in in that area how big of a problem is this and and let's talk about the shortage of 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 ambulances and emergency medical services
2: can i just start with the situation sure sure that even though no one lost their lives in that situation. There's something else that's tragic there. Mm. Most of the people who are affected by the lack of ambulance are people who live in far flung villages, people mm. who are unemployed, who rely on the state social security system, so who rely on, on grants to survive. Now, when a situation happens where someone gets ill and an ambulance is called, just like in the situation just now, and the person has to hire uh, a vehicle for 300 rand, this is a person who relies on state. Social welfare, right. and they now have to pay three hundred. That's a lot of Cases money. of people having to pay eight hundred rand, mm. to get this private transportation, and in some cases, it doesn't happen that when the person is delivered in the hospital, or in the clinic that it, the ambulance comes. Mm. In some. another vehicle to bring the patient back, uh, to bring the patient home. So in as much as the person did live, the family is hurt because now money that should have been directed at buying food, uh, buying clothes for education of, 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 of their children, now was spent on bringing someone to a hospital yeah. facility. It's tragic.
0: Mm. Uh,
2: how vast is the problem? The problem is massive. Mm. Um, as I've said, we have multitudes of people, the whole, in the last two weeks, in the last two two days by up to 170 community members. Mm-hmm. And these are just some people. We, we couldn't know... Not everyone could of come course. to the they Held in Atlanta. And were people from as far as Anduli in the city and up to Coffee Bay, Tohra, Nile, and all those other places, people mm-hmm. who have been complaining about ambulances. And the, one of the key challenges here is that we've been trying to find out from the department why exactly things are as they are. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately... For, Unfortunately for us, government has not been responding. Government has not been uh, put, uh, coming to the table to actually have a discussion with the coalition and to explain to us exactly what it happens. Uh, one time when they did respond with and flooded us or tried to flood us with documents about uh, how they uh, they're budgeting, how much the ambulances they've bought, and all these things. And we found our conclusions were simple. They were claiming they had bought an additional 110 ambulances last year. I'm sure most people could have seen this in a dispatch and said, well, we'll add 110 ambulances to our fleet," and saying all kinds of, of nice things. Mm. And our analysis of those documents that we were given came to the following very simple conclusions. One, inasmuch as the government had bought 110 last year ambulances, it still falls short. Of the six hundred and something ambulances that they, as the department say, they need in the Eastern Cape. Right. So, and that's six
1: hundred each ambulance to serve ten thousand people. That's what's necessary.
2: So, according to the budget, to the um, thinking, to the planning, they say ten thousand people need one ambulance. Mm. Now, we don't know. We don't know how they come up with this number. Because 10,000 people who live in Medusa is different from 10,000 people who live in Coffee Bay, a Totten Because villages are, uh, the terrain in those villages is something to consider. Right. The distances of the, of the villages themselves, distances from hospitals all, all in their own. So we don't really know how they come up with 10,000 people, one ambulance. Eastern Cape has got over 6 million people and they say they only need over 600 ambulances for a population of about 6 million people. So we still don't know how they come up with these numbers. But now even if you look at how many ambulances they have, they have just less than 400 ambulances. So they say we need 600 and something, but they have less than 400 ambulances. They say they have 157 ambulances within the current seat. They have 157. That's not worthy to run. So it's a compli- they try to, I'm not sure if they're trying to complicate issues by being uh, evasive in their answering, but some of it we find that it's inconsistent. Some of it's thinking, is just inconsistent. And budget, poor budget is also one of the issues. So they claim that, well, our budget is rising each and every year we increase the budget. But we're finding in our analysis that actually uh, underspending has characterized the department for a very long time now. So mm. As much as they might claim that the budget is increasing, we are saying we're still underspending. Ambulances
1: that you say you need. Mm. Oh, the, 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 you know what? I'm going to open the lines because I'm already getting a few SMSs. I've got one from a doctor, um, and, and I want to read them a little bit later on. And then when we come back from the news, we'll also just talk about what came out of the uh, out of the hearing itself. But uh, the submission that was sent firstly to the South African Human Rights Commission. How was all this information compiled? Sorry. The, the, income, the information compiled in the submission oh, that yeah. was given to the Human Rights Commission, how was that compiled?
2: We, tra- we had a team, so the, co- the coalition, the Eastern Cape Health Crisis Action Coalition, right. is a coalition of organizations. So some of the organizations within the coalition are nursing unions. So we have Denosa inside um, the coalition. We have Hospesa, which is another nursing Union inside the coalition. We have CBOs that are based inside the Eastern Cape, mm. part of the coalition. We have our healthcare community healthcare workers who are part of the coalition. We have doctors' associations that are part of the coalition. We have ordinary community members, people who use or who rely on the healthcare system for survival, being part of the coalition. Human rights activists and so forth and so forth. So we had a team that went around certain areas within the Eastern Cape. So we chose errors based on the complaint received and based on how fast-flung the villages were. So we went down, spoke to people, gathered all the stories of people, and made the submission. Mm.
1: And, and, and then the, the, the role of the hearing that was held over, I think it was yesterday and, and today, Yes. uh the, the role of the hearing going into it and 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 the, and, the, and the stakeholders that were involved in the hearing were there representations of uh, of the department of health
2: in as much as the NEC uh did not uh, come to the hearing uh direct general dr turen Bengasha, was there and mm-hmm. other officials within uh, the health department so we had people representing emergency specifically emergency medical services so representing the the, the leg of the department that deals with ambulances. Mm. There was uh, there were p- officials as much as also the, a- the MEC would, uh, requested the MEC for financing and planning to also attend because this also includes, this issue also includes uh, budgeting and finance. Right. And as much as the MEC did not pitch, he also had some, sub- he had also sent uh, a senior official there. So it also, you're not sure what to make of it because MEC is the head of the department I think would have been a better person to have come
1: to explain the situation. Right. Oh, Licky, let me just jump in there because I just got a call now from Cizwe. He's from the Eastern Cape Department of Health. Let's hear what he has to say. Cizwe, good evening and welcome to the show.
3: Uh, good evening and good evening to your, your guests and the listeners. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, thank you for calling in. What are your thoughts?
3: Hello, no, 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 I just wanted to uh, comment on the concerns regarding the non-appearance of the NEC. Mm-hmm. As your guest is saying, uh, we sent a delegation uh, to make a presentation to the commission. And the delegation was led by the accounting officer of the department, Dr. Tobulun mm-hmm. And uh, today we were represented by the chief director responsible for emergency services. But I also want to mention that uh, since the challenges were were raised, we have put a number of interventions uh, including the launch of ambulances that uh, were introduced in December. Last so, so,
1: December. I, I, let me jump in now because I, I don't want to interrupt you. It's 8 o'clock, we do have to go to the news and I, I, I'd like for you to give our producers your number so that we can call you back at 5 past 8 so that we can hear about the interventions that the Eastern Cape Department of Health has in place. It's 8 o'clock and you're on the talk shop on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Let's get the news.
4: SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Workers ready to return to Madupi and President Fully Briefed on ESCOM. Good evening. Trade Union Numsen Lumpopo says about 3,000 members at the Madupi power station are ready to return to work. The union members embarked on an unprotected protest and submitted a memorandum yesterday. They're demanding a 10,000 rand bonus for the completion of Unit 6 at the power station. Today, the employer locked the power station and sent text messages to the workers not to report for duty tomorrow. NUMSA organizer, Makhlodi Modike. According to our interpretation
2: is that our workers were not embarked on strike. We wanted to submit a memorandum and go back to work. Unfortunately, by the time when we were supposed to go back to work, we found that some other employees were being offered transport to go home. The SMSS was instruction from ESCOM to the contractor to say, they won't be able to offer transport them to work. So that's why our members are stayed at home. Our members are ready and prepared to offer their services at any given time.
4: The presidency stressed that President Jacob Zoom has been kept fully briefed about developments at ESCOM. Presidential spokesperson Mak Maharaj says they will not entertain what they call rumours and gossip about operations at ESCOM. This after the DA leader Helen Ziller said President Zuma must explain why he instructed the ESCOM chairperson to launch an inquiry into the power utility's performance. The instruction is reported to have led to the suspension of four top executives, including the ESCOM CEO. The First National Bank CEO, Jacques Salir, says the decline in the value of the rand and a likely reversal of the downward trend in inflation rates may nudge the Reserve Bank towards a rate hike later in the year. He's warned that consumers may come under increasing pressure during April and they should take great care when taking on new loans. This comes after the Reserve Bank left the repo rate unchanged at 5.75%. The bank's governor, Lesetia has warned that South Africans should expect to pay more for food because of a current drought.
0: The downward trend in
3: consumer price inflation is forecast to be reversed in the coming months following the severe drought in some of the maize-producing areas of the country. With drastically reduced maize crop estimates, South Africa is expected to become a net importer of maize during the year and spot prices have moved closer to import parity.
4: Smuts Avenue in Randburg, northwest of Johannesburg, is partially closed because of a threat of taxi violence. Metro Police spokesperson Wayne Manar says the threat is a result of a dispute over taxi routes. He says traffic has been blocked off from Selkirk Road and has been diverted to Service Road. Taxi operations around the area have also been disrupted. Manar says two suspects have been arrested after guns were found in their vehicles. The UN Security Council's approved a resolution scaling down the UN mission in the DRC by 2,000 troops. More than 30 armed groups are still active in the east of the country. The BBC's Julian Ward reports.
1: The UN mission in the DRC, Monusco, is currently over 19,000 men strong. While it will remain the largest in the world, it will lose almost 10% of its troops in the next few weeks. The resolution that was signed today by the Security Council follows comments from the DRC's Foreign Affairs Minister, who argued that only a few pockets of insecurity were left in the Central African country and pleaded for a speedy troop reduction. But the UN and several civil society groups disagreed. They say the mission should maintain a strong presence in the country and that any true production should be gradual.
4: A U.S. General Lloyd Austin says the Chia militias in Iraq are no longer leading the operation to recapture Tikrit from ICE militants. The offensive has been stalled for days but has since been re-energized. This after the U.S. coalition mounted its first airstrikes in support of the offensive. The BBC's Sebastian Usher has more. Shia militias have made up the biggest force in the Iraqi government's effort to retake Tikrit. Some 20,000 have been involved, dwarfing government troops and security forces. Iranian military commanders have been heavily involved in running the operation. That's why the U.S. was loath to join in with airstrikes, but overnight they finally did. That's given a new momentum to the offensive, which had been stalled for days. Several hundred IS fighters are still believed to be holed up in the centre of the city. Winning back to Crete has been the biggest test so far for the battle against IS, but it just appears to have got more
1: complicated.
4: The top story, trade union Numson Lumpopo says about 3,000 members at the Madupi power station are ready to return to work. That's SAFM News, I'm Greg Hos.
2: The Talk Shop.
1: It's the second hour of the talk shop. My name is Naledi Moleo. You're tuned to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. I'm joined on the line by Mluleki Makongo from Section 27, but he's also a representative of the Eastern Cape Health Crisis Action Coalition. We're talking about a a, a two-day provincial hearing that was held by the South African Human Rights Commission, looking at challenges facing access to emergency medical services in the Eastern Cape. Uh, just before the news, we also got a call from Sizwe Kupelo, spokesperson for the Eastern Cape Department of Health. Uh, Sizwe, just before we went into the news, there you were. You were going to tell us about various interventions that the department uh, is working on.
3: Yes, I, I, I was saying we do acknowledge that uh, we had challenges in the emergency services. However, some improvements have since been made. Uh, For instance, we have improved our fleet uh, from just over 300 to just over 400 now. Uh, We received uh, 110 emergency vehicles, plus 59 patient transport vehicles. On top of that, we have launched an ambulance. For this financial year, we have been allocated 900 million rands to run the emergency service, and from the 1st of April this year, we are getting 700 and 700 new personnel who are going to be uh, utilising the ambulances. That is also another attempt to improve the service. With the new fleet, uh, of course, we have had to replace old fleet. But we expect to improve even the response times, especially in the urban areas, because our target now is to respond within 15 minutes, and in the rural areas, our target is 45 minutes. Uh, There were other issues that were affecting the acceleration of the service, like the behavior of some of our staff members, and we are taking appropriate action against uh, some staff members. For instance, Already, there are those that have been dismissed, and we have a series of other disciplinary cases currently underway.
1: Mm. Uh, to just stay on the line, because I think I think this is a conversation that needs to continue between the Department of Health and uh, the Eastern Cape Health Crisis Action Coalition, because Mluleki talked earlier on about you know, n- insufficient uh, engagement from the department at the, the the hearing that was held over the past two days. I've got an SMS from Dr. X that okay. says, Port Elizabeth is a big city, but the ambulance service co- is completely inefficient. Example, as a doctor, I frequently diagnose patients with diseases that need referral to other departments urgently. Sometimes I'm told that they only have two vehicles for the entire PE, so they may not be able to escort my patients timelessly. Uh, they tend to arrive late by 8 to 10 hours sometimes, and other times not at all. I'm disgusted. If nothing gets done, we as doctors are going to start taking serious action. Uh, Mluleki, the, the response that you've just heard from uh, Mr. Kupelo, is that something that you're happy to hear?
2: Not. No, we're not. We're definitely not happy to hear that, because the issue is more complicated than just having ambulances. So we during the hearing, if oh, the spokesperson was there, you would have heard how people say, when they call in to these call centers where ambulances are supposed to be uh, dispatched, people who live in Pedi, in the villages of Pedi, call to a call center that is in Island. Mm. And they explain the situation to someone who's in, who is in Island. This person has to now, who is in Island, has to now call an ambulance, and direct that ambulance to a village that they have never been to, mm. in somewhere in the villages of uh, Nalini or Bihar. Gapaya, in, um, in pedi The problem now arises the way this person who's in this landing is unable to direct this ambulance to, the, to, to that village. Secondly, the geography or the terrain within our, our villages is, is such that there are no street names. Uh, people locate things because of um, we know who lives there, we know who lives there. Mm. So it becomes very difficult, extremely difficult. Sometimes it's impossible uh, for the ambulance to arrive in those villages. And then we find that even the terrain, from from people's houses to their roads, people have to navigate extremely difficult terrain.
0: Mm. Ambulance,
2: we we have people who have been told time and time again, that okay, an ambulance is on its way, please leave your house and go and wait for this ambulance on the road. The question now is this, with the difficult terrain that people have to face in those rural areas, how do people access these ambulances? So the issue is more complicated than just having a fleet of ambulances, the department has about the building of the roads. Mm-hmm. What are they plan for ensuring that uh, they're able to access people's houses? We have, even in the hearing now, where people are telling us, that they well, in our village there's this beautiful structure of a clinic, yet when drained, no, uh, no car, no ambulance can reach that clinic. So he has to also explain to us how they plan to ensure that this new fleet, if it exists, will be able to access people's houses, will be able to access clinics that are unreachable in their current state.
1: I think I think that, that that speaks more to a collaboration between the Department of Health with 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 perhaps um, various other departments in the in in the province. I don't think that you know building roads is is a responsibility that is on the Department of Health. What are the suggestions from the coalition? Uh, coming d- directed uh, to the, the Department of Health Because we can talk about their lack of participation But we have the spokesperson here on national radio So uh, we're hoping that what what is discussed between the two of you is taken seriously Because it's happening on a, it's happening on a public platform The recommendations from the coalition to the Department of Health
2: We've been, uh, firstly before we go into that We have been trying to sit down with the NEC, with the Department of Health it's been now three, if not four years, trying to sit down and have good conversation uh, to discuss strategies that the department could employ in ensuring that they do deliver services. And that has not happened up until now. In our last meeting with the MSC, uh, an idea came up of having an MOU. Mm.
0: Uh, we
2: drafted a, We had a draft MOU that they drafted. We sent it to the MEC at the beginning of the year. Still no response from the department. So we would like to be taken seriously as people who live in the Eastern Cape, people who rely on the department to give us health services. That's the first thing the department has to mm. understand. Okay. To take us seriously in our in what you think.
1: All right, Mluleki, I'm, I'm going to have to just jump in there because I I think the point about the lack of communication and the lack of um, concern from the Department of Health is one that's been made. But I'm talking about recommendations that are made directly to the Department of Health to deal with, say, the shortage of emergency medical services in the Eastern Cape. And 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 what are the recommendations that are going directly to the department? I still have Cesar Cupello on the line, spokesperson for the Eastern Cape Health Department. And and I'm going to give you an opportunity to engage him directly as soon as I come back from this break.
4: Calling all businesses, help produce demand on the grid. Cut your energy costs and keep your business viable. The Private Sector Energy Efficiency Program has already identified over 1,000 opportunities for more efficient energy usage in over 350 companies. Don't miss out. Contact us for free expert advice, free energy audits, and subsidize larger interventions. Call 80 3943 or visit psee.org.za Brought to you by the National Business Initiative. When you get DSCV Premium with the Explorer, You get it all. You get DSTV Catch-Up, so you can watch your shows in your own time. You get the DSTV Now app, which means you can watch shows or sports wherever you are. You get Box Office, and that means you can rent the latest blockbuster movies from your couch. You get Express from the U.S., where you can watch selected series 24 hours after they air in the U.S. Get all of this. Get DSTV Premium with the Explorer. Includes SABC 1, 2, and 3. DSTV. Feel every moment.
1: have wasted no time in seeking revenge for the humiliation Bafana Bafana put them through after standing in the way of the West African Giants and ensuring that they did not defend their Afghan title in the last campaign be sure not to miss this epic encounter at the Bombayna Stadium at the on the 29th of March 2015 brought to you live by SABC Sport on your favorite radio station and on SABC One The Talk Show 14 minutes after 8, you're still on the talk shop on SAFN, South Africa's news and information leader. Chatting to Mluleki Makongo, uh, he is a representative of the Eastern Cape Health Crisis Action Coalition, and I'm also joined on the line by Siswe Kupelo, uh, spokesperson for the Eastern Cape uh, Department of Health. Mluleki, Siswe's on the line. What do you directly want to say to him or hear from him?
2: I'd like to say to him, in all their planning and in, in implementation of their plans, government must stop looking at uh, the long-term plan and trying to cater for people in the long term. they say they need 600 ambulances, they only have 400 ambulances. Who's supposed to suffer in the Eastern Cape? So that's the first thing. Uh, we want a plan. Our constitutional court, even our constitution, our constitution has said clearly that when government plans a plan must be reasonable Mm -hmm. and the courts have said in order for a plan to be reasonable it mustn't just cater for the long-term goals oh in five years time we'll have the 600 ambulances that we need we will build the roads that we need we do have this plan but government must also take care of the needs of those who are most vulnerable so those are hardest hit so the plan must cater for emergency services Uh, people in the immediate term intermediate plan and in the long term that's what we want government to do Show us in their plan that yes, you can't solve everything immediately today, but show us how those who are hardest hit, those who are poor, those who have to use 800 rands to hire a private vehicle, who rely on on social welfare, how will those people be catered for in your plan right now? And then show us then how you how you uh, how you plan on ensuring that you solve the problem in the long term. So cater for everyone's needs within that plan of yours. That's what we want the department to show us.
1: Okay, can you make a commitment that the Department of Health will be engaging the, the Eastern Cape Health Crisis Action Coalition a, a, a little bit more than what they've seen lately?
3: Well, uh, we are a people's government. Uh, we engage with anyone. We have an open-door policy. I just want to emphasize that uh, we don't have a long-term plan, or we're not talking on a long-term plan. Yes, there would be a long-term plan, But what I've referred to, for instance, the 700 uh, new recruits have been recruited from those villages. These are local people we're referring to. Apart from uh, hiring the, I mean, from purchasing the emergency vehicle, we have also built multi-million rand satellite uh, stations around the villages. We opened one in Mkanduli, and for that station alone, we have employed 15 people from around... The areas of Mukandoli. So we do uh, a focus in the rural areas. We understand the terrain and we try a level it. It does not mean if we have a call center located in East London, uh, there, there, there would be a gap of us getting to the villages. Of course, the the, the 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 rural terrain and the fact that in the villages we don't have addresses is another challenge, challenge that we need to work on. But we do service everyone. That is why I was saying, with the interventions that we have put in place, we have uh, said to ourselves for, for 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 rural areas, our response time would be 45 minutes. There is an improvement, and we co- we continue to improve the service. And I would like to challenge the the coalition in section 27 that. Uh, what they, they are letting currently is the information. They have no clue of what we have done. Probably it would be nice if we were to meet so that we as officials can sit with them and share the plans that are currently being implemented.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Of course, you were right to say there are issues that are, that fall outside the, the Department of Health, but even with those we do engage with other government departments in terms of ensuring that service delivery is coordinated and is accelerated. And there are also interventions, for instance, I can tell you, the public works, and public works department is working on uh, carrying the road between Port and John, our R-51, and the Salimena Hospital. So we do attend to all these issues that he's mentioning. There is a plan, there is a global plan that is uh, 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 affecting other departments. So we're not only focusing on, 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 on health services. So we know the challenges, we have analyzed the challenges, and we work, we've got intergovernmental relations, we've got uh, plans that are being, being implemented at provincial government, at the level, and at uh, the level of the department. So each department has got its own program that talks to the challenges of the Eastern case. But we need to share the information so that we don't distort or we don't exaggerate what is there we do not deny that we are faced with challenges but there is a response appropriate to those challenges
1: and what about consultation with civil society organizations uh, and and structures like the coalition where the department of health needs to uh, take certain steps but also uses the information that civil society then has to decide the direction that it's taking
3: as I say, we have an open-door policy. We go out, we don't sit in offices. Only last week we were moving around the hospitals. We started in Port Elizabeth up, uh, uh, up to Mbizana up to And we welcome everyone who's got anything to share. All right. Anything that's going to assist the people of the Eastern Cape, we do consider that. But we, 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 we mm-hmm. look at our plans, we share our plans, we know the challenges, but we're not arrogant. If anyone has got a better plan, We can look at the plans, but if we have to explain our own plans and the implementation program, we'll do that. But the problem is that people, they don't come to us. They go on um, radio stations and begin to make uh, serious allegations about the department. Then that one does not assist anyone. We just need to share whatever we have so that we can make impact on the lives of our people. Of course, the reports about people who may be paying for government services, that concerns us. This is why every day we try and respond to the concerns of our people so that we can improve, improve their lives.
1: All right. Um, I'm going to wrap this up. And Dr. Kupelo, thank you so much for joining us. Siso Kupelo is the spokesperson for the Eastern Cape Health Department. Uh, Mluleki Makongo is from Section 27. He's also representative of the ECHCAC. What now, Mluleki? What, what, what is the coalition going to do now?
2: we participated in the hearings so we will now wait for uh the human rights commission to issue out a report uh with record we hope for a strong recommendation and we'll take it from there we'll see what those recommendations say but in as while we wait for that report we will still uh extend our hand to the department and say let's meet let's talk okay. a couple uh, i think a month ago uh if i can make an example we were invited by the department to something called the Eastern Cape Provincial Health Consultative Forum. Mm-hmm. It's a forum created by the National Health Act uh, where the government and civil society and other stakeholders meet to discuss issues are related to healthcare. Mm-hmm. Yet when we're invited to this meeting, as people who are affected by the healthcare system, people who work in the healthcare system, we weren't given an opportunity to inform the agenda. So how can you have meaningful engagement with civil society when you invite them to a meeting and don't allow them to, to, um, to inform the agenda? Secondly, we weren't, we weren't um, given an opportunity to air out our views within that meeting. So it was only the department talking to us. Uh, two weeks ago, again, we were invited to a national consultative forum. The same thing happens. We are given this invitation a week before the meeting. We are not in, uh, given an opportunity to inform the agenda. So we are saying if this person, if um, the spokesperson is saying the department has an open-door policy, they need to start changing uh, these things that they do, inviting us to meetings a week before, not informing us um, about the agenda, not allowing us an opportunity to inform the agenda. And secondly, they have to answer our draft memorandum that we sent, uh, sent, sent to them three months ago. Okay. It's really that transparent and a government of the people. Let them meet with us and meaningfully engage with
1: us. Yeah, well, I think both parties, uh, uh, I, I request anyway, that you keep the talk shop updated on whether communication between the two uh, does improve. Thank you so much for joining us. Samule Mahongo from uh, Section 27. He's also a representative of the Eastern Cape Health Crisis Action Coalition. It's the talk shop on SAFM.